Good morning, my fellow Michiganders. Good morning, my fellow Americans. Oh my goodness, busy, busy week, like every other week, right? Um, it's going to wait a few seconds for people to get on, and then we have a lot to cover this morning. Won't be too long of a live, though, because it's going to be straight to the point and just kind of piggyback on my posts over the last several days with what's going on with the medical procedure, obviously what's going on with the hospital capacity that I'm predicting here. It's not rocket science of what's going to happen here into the fall and the winter. Um, and obviously the school boards, which I'm very, very proud of all the parents. Um, and this is what we didn't have last year, folks, because people are really still scared of this thing. Um, but a lot of people are starting to wake up and that's what we need. And that's what we need to continue to push forward um, is to stand up against these types of things and have a say in the conversation. And that didn't happen a lot last year, but holy cow, is it happening this year? And I love to see people on both sides. That's the whole point of this wonderful, amazing country that we live in is to have conversation and to have constructive debate. And then come up with common sense solutions together as we the people. That is what it's about. However, what we're seeing, and again, I'm going to remind all of you why this is happening. Um, this is because of the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. All right. And who weaponized the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services? Governor Whitmer. After we stripped her away of her 1945 law and when the Supreme Court, who did it first, obviously, the Michigan Supreme Court um, ruled in favor of the legislature that stripped her of her unilateral control. But then she weaponized the health department. And let's reflect back on who is the director of the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, Elizabeth Hertel, which those of you who have been with me for a very long time understand and know that we were doing big call, big calls of action to the legislature. And there were you know, five Republican legislatures along with Mike Shirky, that would be six, that had the opportunity to block Elizabeth Hertel. That's all they had to do, but they didn't. And right then and there, I knew the line was drawn in the sand and I knew that the swamp was murky, it's deep and it's disgusting, but they let that nomination go through. She is literally the most powerful person in the state of Michigan right now. And she's the one who masked up our babies. So the rhinos in Lansing, we the people are aware and we, the people, will hold you accountable with our votes in the next election cycle. That is for sure. And we will continue to call out the rhinos in the clown show that they are part of. OK, um, but that is what we're dealing with. So never forget why this is happening. You know, a lot of people want to um, go at the school boards right now, which which you should in a nonviolent, positive way. You should hold them accountable. So if they're not following through with what the majority of the parents want, then you hold them accountable. You can do recalls, right? You can vote them out in the next election. Let's get some Americans to stand up. And I know a lot of you who I've been around the state of Michigan now um, that you said that you're running for school boards, you're running for all types of levels of office, and that's what needs to happen. So you can recall them. You can make sure they don't get reelected, but hold them accountable. That's your job. They work for you. Okay. And I know right now, a lot of people aren't getting what they want right now, but remember we fell asleep on the watch. We all did. We're all guilty. We're paying the price for it. So that's why this must leave a scar on your very heart, on your soul, and to make sure that this never happens again. Okay. God has put us all in this moment right now to deal with this situation. So you're all strong enough. You're all powerful enough. And the power of one can always lead to the power of many. So don't you ever think that you can't make a difference because you can. OK, so continue to stand up. But the school boards are going off the local health departments. The local health departments are going off the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services and the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services are going off the governor and the CDC. That's what's going on. So what do we have to do? We have to make sure 
that we get this governor out of office. My whole goal since the uh, since I announced was for that to happen, and we are hammering it down as we the people. So I just want to make sure and remind you to never, ever forget the why, the ultimate why. The check engine light is on in our local communities. We see it, but we don't want to unplug it. We want to ask, why is that check engine light on? And then we have to come up with the common sense solutions to fix it so it doesn't come on again. That's making sure that this governor doesn't get reelected, which get me through the primary, folks. How many people out there? I say this in my events now where we're attracting hundreds of people. Amazing. How many people out there are all ready for Garrett to debate Governor Whitmer? I know I'm ready and I know all of you are. So I feel that we're going to have a harder time to get through the primary because we're up against our own establishment. However, we get through the primary. It's time for me to represent all of you and I will hold her accountable on that debate stage. That is for sure. Okay. So let's move forward right now on the narrative that's coming our way. Again, these hospitals, um, even the elderly homes, nursing homes, a lot of healthcare um, uh, businesses and professionals and professions, uh, it's frustrating. I get it. I know. And I'm frustrated too. However, look, the whole point from the very beginning, if we all go back to the ultimate narrative, right? We wanted to lock down, which I was never for. Because we didn't want to do what? Overwhelm the hospital system, which made all kind of sense to all of us, right? Regardless that we never, ever want to overwhelm the hospital system. But as we found out, two to three weeks into this thing, the governor stopped releasing what? The hospital data because she didn't want see people to see that the hospitals were not overwhelmed, that they were empty, that they were laying people off, right? We can. I'm going to continue to bring up this narrative because this is a big story. But that was the whole point of the lockdowns. So what sense, because what we're trying to do is we, the people, is bring some common sense leadership, some common sense decision making to this uh, government. What sense does it make to basically fire, I don't know, a quarter, a third of your staff, fall, winter, when cold and flu season starts, among other disease processes, right? So what sense does it make to fire all these people when they don't fall through and want to do the medical procedure? you are going to overwhelm the hospital system and they're already understaffed and overworked. And so then you're going to fire all these people. What sense does that make? Again, we have, I'm not going to call them leaders, elected officials, people in power that are fire ready aim. I call it reactionary politics. That's what they're doing right now. Right? So it's, it's interesting that last year's heroes are now this year's villains. How quick the narrative change. How dare these people? Let's lose some. Let's use some common sense into this. Is number one, you know, they've been on the front lines ever since the beginning. You know, exposed to this, fighting day in and day out, overworked, understaffed, right? Dealing with the pressures at home, dealing with the pressures that they have kids at home online. I mean, it's just they have been through so much, right? So now we reward these people that, well, if you don't follow through with what we want, you're getting fired. All right. So even though they were exposed, and I know people personally who've been in the fight exposed to this virus. So now you're mandating this medical procedure. It's insane. Again, I'm not against it. It's about choice, right? So let's talk about some statistics uh, because I want to show a picture and I circulated this on. I'll probably get thrown in Facebook jail again here very soon for sharing this, but I'm always going to push the envelope to give you the truth. So I'm going to show you this. So it says, you know why they don't spray kids for DDT anymore? Because someone questioned the science. All right. Look how proud those parents are seeing their little baby girl get sprayed with uh, chemicals. Right. And down here, we're spraying neighborhoods. 
They're at the beach spraying DDT. Show my Instagram, folks. I know it's backwards, folks, but you get what I'm saying. Interesting, right? So why don't they do that? Because there are some people, probably some parents back then that said, you know what? This just doesn't make sense. So they question what? The science. That's our job. So just because the science says one thing, a narrative, doesn't mean you just buy in, right? You have every right to question the science. And you have every right to have this little thing called freedom that God has bestowed upon each and every one of us. Those unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? So we had this little thing called freedom, which I brought up time and time again because I was at a school board meeting uh, a week and a half ago. And a medical professional, she came up and said, your freedom does not matter in regarding public health. And I got up after her and I disagreed with her 100 percent. Yes, it does. Just because we're in a public health crisis doesn't give you the the opportunity to take away people's constitutional freedom, sacred values and citizens rights. That's just truth. This is America, folks. If they want that type, type of garbage, they can basically immigrate over to China and North Korea. And let's see how they like it over there. Because last time I checked, I don't see a bunch of Floridians trying to swim to Cuba. I don't see a mass exodus out of the best country in the history of our species coming and illegally entering into Mexico or trying to get into China. So don't tell me that our freedoms don't matter because they do. We live in America and I will continue to stand up against that garbage, right? So these are supposed to be medical professionals, which is insane. I'm not labeling all of them. You don't label an entire profession off the mistakes of a few. I've said that time and time again, all right? Even though the leftists are very good at that. So we always must question the science. So I've been digging through the science because our narrative in the U.S., we can't find anything. They're not telling us the truth. They're not. Again, I said this time and time again with this medical procedure. I'm not against it. Just give us the truth. Tell us the positives of doing it. Tell us the negatives of not doing it. And then do what? Give us the potential side effects of doing the procedure. That is what is called following your Hippocratic Oath healthcare professionals. And they're not doing that. All right. So I've been digging through and just trying to get as much science as I can, folks. And it's out there. But, man, is it censored. So let's talk about the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services that they came out yesterday as a little statement. As more people get this medical procedure, and again, I can't say the V word, all right, because I'll get banned off Facebook. As more people get this medical procedure, right, more cases will come from the population who get this medical procedure, even if it is working. Okay, so they're saying if you get the medical procedure, there will be more cases. Okay, but their whole point is there's going to be less hospitalizations and less deaths. All right, that, that sounds great, that narrative. So let's dig a little deeper. No medical procedure is 100% effective. True. The COVID-19 medical procedures are working as they should by greatly reducing the risk of infection, severe illnesses, and hospitalizations. Okay. that That's great. All right. But I have been saying for a while now, what's going on in Israel? Because Israel is about two to three months ahead of us, right? So I've been following Israel, and I've stated this a, a couple times. This is, was released yesterday, their hospital system, because um, they've been good at very tracking it and releasing this data. Over the age of 70, or over the age of 60, excuse me, fully vaccinated, I'm just going to say it, I don't care, fully vaccinated accounts for 292 severe patients in the hospital system. The unvaccinated account for only 180 
that is over the age of 60 age group, right? Under the age of 60 right now, fully vaccinated, 67, unvaccinated, 114, all right? So that's not what's being told to us. And if you combine those, the ones that are fully dosed up, they're the ones making up most of the severe hospitalizations, right? So I'm still tracking this, but something's not adding up, folks. So are we reporting everything? Um, if you just go to VAERS, you're going to see all the, the side effects of this, of people independently reporting. But are we doing a great job in, in, in reporting this stuff to our um, healthcare system? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But when I see this and I see the UK um, stating the same, then I'm saying, OK, what's going on here? Again, all we want is the truth, no matter how horrible it is, how nasty. And again, I'm telling you right now, if you were just told the truth from the very beginning and was transparent with the people, I bet the majority of people would have did this medical procedure. There would have been a few that said, I'm not doing it because I'm immunocompromised. There's no way my kids are getting it because there's no chance of my kid dying this. I mean, they have a better chance of dying from an asteroid hitting their head than dying from this virus. And that's just truth. Look it up. Because they're saying that if you do this medical procedure, you have a 99.99% chance of surviving, which is unbelievable odds, right? You're like, wow, it works. But everybody that has not done this medical procedure, you have a 99.98% chance of surviving. So for 0.01%, you are pushing and mandating um, and pushing this down our kid's throat. 0.01% chance of surviving. And that's 0.0001. I don't know. Maybe some parents will would be willing to do that. But I do know this. The majority of parents would be like, ah. I'll take my chances. So again, um, we're not getting told all the truth. And I think we deserve to know the truth. But I think it is um, a clown show. I truly do. And I think uh, the hospital capacity is going to be a dumpster fire um, in the fall and the winter. And the people that do need hospital care um, for not only preventative medicine, but for um, cancer treatment, cholesterol, um, high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, we can go on and on and on cancer, right? For all these things. Um, they're not going to be able to get the the care that they need. And I told you from the beginning, the catastrophic consequences of this elected official, our so-called governor, um, is going to be a whole heck of a lot worse than a virus, which we have well over 99% chance of surviving if infected. And that's just true. All right. There are going to be more people probably die in the long run from than from this virus, from all the mistakes that we have done. And they're doing the definition of insanity right now is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So I'll continue to come on here and call out the clown show and try to give you as much up-to-date, accurate, truthful information as I can so we can push this thing forward. So we will do just that. All right. So this week, busy, busy, busy week. Um, we are on the road on Wednesday to the UP. We have a great tour plan. We're going to be touring the whole west side of the UP. Um, if you remember on my UPers, you were my first trip when we announced um, and we did the central to east side. Now we're coming up over the bridge and we're going directly all the way to the west. So say Ignis, Iron Mountain, Iron Wood, um, Houghton, um, Nigani, we're going to be there. All right. We are going to be everywhere in the UP on the central west side. Um, so we're going to be very busy and I'm excited. So Upers, I am coming to your city. All right. So go to the event link in the description of this video. You're going to see exactly what times. Bring your friends and family. Bring people that haven't never heard of us. I mean, that's the whole point is to get um, like-minded people to these events because they're going to feel like there's hope, there's inspiration, and that we're hammering down, and the power of one can lead to the power of many. Number two, um, the final thing I want to talk about, or two more things, excuse me, is the ballot petition. Holy goodness gracious, my grassroots warriors. You guys are hammering down. Holy cow. Um, folks, we're on track right now. 
that we're probably going to get the ballot petition done. Um, our goal is 30,000 by the end of September. And I think we're going to be easily achieving that. And you all have been simply amazing. And that's what I told you before is the, my campaign consultants, like you're the only candidate that uh, gets excited about petitions. I was like, it's because the unlock, right? The unlock petition. Um, but you guys are all doing fantastic. Continue, circulate, even if you don't have to. I mean, we see so many unbelievable events where people hold um, tables and signs. Folks, all you do really need, I mean, is a clipboard and the petition and go around. Obviously, we know the people who've been out there circulating. You can only sign for one candidate. Don't go sign all the petitions. Only sign for one or your signature is invalid. So make sure that you're signing for the candidate that you want to back. But we're hammering it down. Um, and you all are just doing an unbelievable job. And remember, this ballot petition is going to evolve into the Unlock 2 petition that is going to, I think they are getting pretty, or I got an email, um, they're getting ready to start that to take away the health department's unlimited power. Is it perfect? No, but it's a step in the right direction. And I know there's a couple other petitions that are going to get started. I'll update you on those once I know more about it. Um, they're in the beginning stages, but I say sign them all. <laughs> sign all the petitions, but only one gubernatorial um, ballot petition. But all the other petitions that are going to hit this governor on all fronts, sign them. Let's show them the power of the people. And look, a lot of these petitions are going to get caught up in the court systems, which we are well aware of. However, look, we're going to hit her right after the general next year. Um, and that's going to be great for her to be reminded where the power comes from, from all of us. OK, so continue to hammer down. Again, I will be in fundraising mode over the next two days. I'll be on the phone um, all day long raising funds. And that's what we're going to have to do to compete with the establishment's candidate because they're going to get a bunch of establishment money. And like I said before, I'm never going to quit fundraising. I'm going to be in fundraising mode from here on out until we win. So we must continue to raise money. Our group is exploding. There's over 83,000 people. And I've said this time and time again, folks, if 30,000 of you out there donate $20 a month, and I know there's a lot of you that are, but if we get 30,000 people donating $20 a month, we have all the money that we need to win this thing. Okay. So we're all going to have to make these sacrifices. We're all going to have to put money into this game and always know that I'll be an expression of all of you. So you're investing into your campaign, into your run for governor. So the link is in the description of this video. Hey, do what you can. I don't care if it's $5, $10, $20, but if 30,000 people donate $20 a month, we're in this thing to win it. And we're going to continue to fundraise and we need all of your help. And I still am humbled by all of the um, stories of people saying they're giving up their cable, they're giving up a night out with their family. Um, I, it's just, it's amazing. And it really is. And don't think that doesn't mean anything because it does. And I wear those bricks in my backpack of responsibility to continue to represent all of you. And so we're going to continue to be fundraising. We're going to continue to make calls. We're going to hit the national list now. And it's nonstop because we need 6 million by the primary next August. And that's less than a year away, folks. So it's going to go quick. All right. And so we must continue to hammer down and raise funds. So do what you can. Take back those deposit bottles. Put them toward We the People's campaign because we'll take every dollar because it makes a huge difference. OK, so continue to share our content. Continue to be word of mouth. My grassroots warriors continue to circulate. I appreciate all of you out there. And if you haven't signed the ballot petition, make sure that you find where we're doing it at. Come and sign it. You're going to feel amazing that you're fighting back. OK, because it's all about We the People. So God bless you. God bless the state of Michigan and God bless these United States. I'll talk to you all soon. Bye bye.